Brookside, how's everybody doing? Good? Great. Well, if you're a guest here with us this morning, um, we've said this before, but we, uh, I want to say it too. We're really glad that you're here. And uh, yeah, thanks for joining us today. And we really do. We pray that God uh, really has a special message for, for all of us uh, here today. Hey, I want to mention one thing before we kind of jump into things. Um, if you were gone last week, uh, Steve, uh, who was just up here, our lead pastor, he was back and he was preaching, and I just want to encourage you to go online and uh, to listen to that message. So good to have him back and, uh, and to uh, be bringing the Word of God to us. So if you didn't catch last week, make sure you go online and, and check that out. Well, this morning we're going to be wrapping up what's been for us a 14-week series through the New Testament book of Ephesians. Um, by God's grace, uh, this series has led to a lot of life change. I'm so proud to be a part of our church as I thought about it this week. Um, it's so neat to hear story after story of, of the lives that have been changed through the teaching of, of God's word, through you studying it on your own. Um, it's, it's so encouraging. One gal came up to me this week and she said, hey, I want you to know Ephesians chapter 5, that's changed me as a wife. It's changed me. I've taken that to heart. It's changed me. I got an email from a young guy in our church and he said, hey, I've taken to heart this, the teaching on what I should be like in the workplace from Ephesians. And he said, I'm different. And he said, and, and, and it's being noticed. Changed lives. Uh, it just doesn't get any better than that. Um, for some of you, the, the gospel became very clear to you in this series. Uh, you've begun a relationship with Jesus Christ. That truth rocked you from Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8. For it is by grace that you've been saved through faith and you realize hey it's not about me it's a it's a gift from god i i take it i receive it in and so the day of salvation came to you awesome um, for others and it wasn't wasn't this a big verse for us ephesians two ten, it says for we are god's workmanship here it is get this you his masterpiece created in christ jesus to do good works which god has prepared in advance for us to do and then ephesians chapter 3 we learned about the the, the height and the depth and the width of the love of God, the greatness of the love of God. And then there was a time we kind of flipped corners a little bit, turned the corner, and, and we were called to live differently. We were called to, to live in the light, to be a different person at work and at school and at home. And, and God's done something in many of us. And you've taken Ephesians 4 about living in the light. You've taken that to heart and you've said, okay, what's that mean in this area, in that area, in that area? Ephesians 5, we learned about the words that come out of our mouth, um, what we say, the things that we, that we speak. And, and then it said in that chapter, it said, and, and there shouldn't even be a single hint of sexual immorality among you. And that was powerful. God's word, is, it's impacted us. So in light of that, as we wrap up today, I, I want us to go to the Lord this morning and, and do two things. One, I want us to ask God again, Lord, would you infuse us with the truth of your word? But also this morning, let's say thanks. 14 weeks. You've done a great work, Lord, and we're so grateful for it. So will you pray with me, and, um, and let's just go to God, and let's say we're anticipating more, and we thank you for what you've done. So let's pray together. Lord, thank you so much uh, for your grace and your mercy. Lord, I thank you for what you've done through the teaching of, of this book of Ephesians. I thank you, Lord, that you've brought this word to us. And Lord, today we just want to say to you, Lord, we give you our best. Lord, we, we bring our best attention to you. Um, I think of the psalmist who said, blessed are they who seek you with all of their hearts. Lord, we want that to be true of us today. And so right now, maybe just in your own heart, would you say to the Lord, Lord, I just bring you everything of my week, the good, the bad, the challenges that are mounting, the joys. I bring it all. I lay it before your feet and I say now, Lord, would you speak to me? Uh, God, would you do a work in me? So have that sort of a prayer with God, just that kind of a conversation. Lord, 
would you do a work in me? Go ahead. Lord, that's our prayer this morning. We trust you. You are good. And so we pray that in Christ's name. Amen. Well, today our text is going gonna, gonna to talk about how we live in the midst of, of, of a very real battle. We're going to be in Ephesians chapter 6 this morning. And I want to ask you a question. When you think of a battle, what comes to your mind? I mean, when you think of a, a battle that's raging, well, what are the thoughts that, that come into your head? Some of you, you've served or you're serving in the armed forces and, and you have a very good understanding of this, the seriousness of the scope of, of a true battle. This battle that we're going to read about today, it's, it's not pretend. Uh, it's a battle that's it's affecting our lives right now. It's, it's challenging our thoughts, our decisions, our, our interactions with other people. It, it challenges the dreams that God has for your life. It, it's a battle against an enemy. Get this, he would love to see a marriage fail. It's a battle against an enemy that would love to see young people walk away from God, say, forget it. It's a battle that would, would, would love to, to, to see the result be. The enemy would love to see singles compromise, would love to see us in the workplace cut corners and lack integrity. It's a spiritual battle. Uh, it's a spiritual battle in which we're, we're fighting, and, and, and Satan, here's what he's doing. He's fighting for his way in your life. There are different areas of your life that are spiritual battlefields. I think it comes out sometimes in, in, in ways like this. You're, you're praying, you're actively seeking God, and you're saying, Lord, would you help me not to be tempted by X, Y, and Z? And all of a sudden, what do you find? You find temptation all over the place, more than maybe ever. You're heightened to it. It's when you make a decision. Okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to step up as, as a leader, and I'm, I'm going to lead my family spiritually. And you're about to take that move and have that conversation, and all of a sudden, you, get, you ever had this happen? You get in a, an argument with your spouse that is over something so entirely meaningless. You know what I'm talking about? It's when that voice says to you, just bail. Just walk away. The grass is much greener on the other side. Things will be much easier for you. It's the voice that says to you, you know what? You've messed up too many times. There's no hope for you. Now there's two responses really that we can have in the, to this battle. One, we can recognize it. I hope that's what we'll do this morning. And we can run to Jesus Christ. Or two, we can, we can sort of ignore it and, and, and maybe say to ourselves, you know that, it sounds kind of out there. It sounds like Lord of the Rings or, you know, it just sounds like, whoa, what are you talking about? It's kind of a fantasy. One person put it like this, when you think that you are least involved, it is when you are most captive. Very insightful. The scriptures know this. They describe Satan as this enemy, as one who is crafty. He's, uh, he's intentional. He has a plan. He's strategic. First Peter chapter 5, it describes him, describes him like this roaring lion, like a, a lion, like a wild animal that's seeking out its prey. It has a desire, it has a motive, it's going. Here's what we'll see today, and this is the main point, and, and, and I don't want you to miss this. You can jot this down if, if you're taking notes. Here it is. The battle is raging, but God has equipped us to stand firm. The, the battle, it's raging. We can acknowledge that. It's all over. It's raging. But God has equipped us to stand firm. Well, let's dive in and we're going to work through this text this morning. And, and here's what we're going to do. We're going to look at 10 verses this morning. The first three verses are going to talk about the battle. What's the battle like? What are you talking about? And then the, 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 the second half, the, the, those last seven verses of, those first, of, the, of that 10 set, they're going to talk about, okay, what do we do? How do we be equipped to stand firm? Ephesians chapter 6, 
Verse 1. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Now, notice right away, he talks about, he says, finally, we'll work through this thing slow. Finally. And that should trigger in our minds, okay, something really important. I mean, he's been writing to us for a long time. And so he gets to this point, he says, finally, that's big. Pay attention. It's very, it's very important. Finally, what? Be strong where? Be strong in the Lord. And, and then it says, and in his mighty power. Now, this is crucial for understanding this text. The Apostle Paul is saying, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Notice it, it doesn't say, finally, now that you've heard the letter, now that you've picked up a few things from the book of Ephesians, from this letter that I wrote to you, now, finally, you can do it. You have the ability. You have the power. You have the positive thinking. You can do it. No, it's not that. It's very specific. Our strength, where does he say at the very end of this whole thing, after all of his teaching, he says, whoa, your strength, that comes straight from the Lord. Be strong in the Lord and what? And in his mighty power. You might underline those words, in the Lord. Because here's the reality. Apart from the Lord, we don't stand a chance against the enemy's plans. An example of this, Philippians chapter 4, verse 13. The Apostle Paul said this. He said, I can do all things, and then notice these next two words, through him who gives me strength. Through him. Where is he residing? In Christ. So if a friend comes to you and they say, hey, well, I'm really struggling with this. I need some help. Where should you point them? Christ. This is straight to Christ. Apostle Paul says, through him I can do all things. We, we point people to Christ. 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 1. Paul is he's seeking to encourage Timothy. Have you ever been discouraged? Timothy was discouraged. He's seeking to encourage him. He's facing trials and discouragement. And Paul says to him, my son, be strong. Here it is. In the grace that is in Christ Jesus. Where's it at? It's in Christ. The power. Imagine for a second that you're, you're living in like a war zone. You know, I mean, you're in battle. And your job in that battle is to be the, the person that's out front, that's looking for the enemy to come. And so you're there and you've you maybe got binoculars and you're just waiting. And all of a sudden you see the enemy and their force coming at you. What do you do? I mean, what would be the first thing you would do? I assure you this, you wouldn't run out and you wouldn't say, Hey, army, me against all of you, let's do it. I got a gun. You wouldn't do that, would you? No, no, no. What would you do? Get a walkie-talkie. You'd look. The first look would be back. It would be, whoa, I got to call in the the troops. I got to call in those in command. Where's our strength from? It's his mighty power. In his mighty power. God has made his power. Get this. This is amazing. He's made it available to us because we don't have it in ourselves. We we just don't have it. We went for a hike as a family uh, to Hitchcock Park. Uh, last Sunday, remember that last Sunday's beautiful day, and and so we were at Hitchcock Park, and and uh, our six-year-old and our three-year-old were doing great. You know, they're running around, leading us down the trails. I mean, they're far, just loving it, right? And so we were gone. We were out on this trail quite a while, and then we started to turn back, and and on the way back, uh, it was uphill. I mean, it was hard. I mean, it was a very steep hill right at the very end too, and, and they needed some help right? They, they needed some encouragement. They needed us to like hold their hands and just kind of pull them up. And, and then there was the other child. There was the one-year-old that was on my back in a backpack. And he had a little stick that he was playing with. And he would just tap me on the head like I was his personal horse, you know? And, and, and here's the deal though. He's completely dependent, completely 
No hike for him without his personal horse, right? Paul reminds us, don't miss this. He reminds us it's God's mighty power available to those who are dependent on it. Those who seek it out. We you can't do this on our own. We need the Lord's strength. We, we need his power. Now we, I took a lot of time on that first verse, but here's why. It is so foundational to understanding this passage. Look with me at verse 11. He, he goes on. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. That word for, for put on, you might take note, is it's got this idea that it, it implies permanent action. It's not like your favorite outfit that you put on when you want to, when you want to wear it. No, no, no. The idea here of put on in this text is lifelong companion. It's on and you keep it on. Why do you put this on, you might ask? Here it is. So that you can take your stand. Now, this is a theme, that whole thing of take your stand. It's a theme that's repeated throughout this passage four different times. And so it should, should kind of make us go, okay, that's really important what Paul's saying there. Look at verse 13. He says, uh, take your stand, uh, stand your ground, he says. And then he says, after you've done everything to stand, he says it again. And then he says, stand firm, verse 14. And this is what God is asking of his children. If you want to know this morning, what's the text asking of me? God is asking his children that we would stand firm. That we would stand for him, that we wouldn't retreat, that we wouldn't back down, that we wouldn't compromise, that when we fall, we would get back up. This means that even when we want to quit, it it means when things get difficult and challenges mount, it, it means that we stand firm. The instruction here, what God wants his children to do is, he's saying, I want you to stand. Notice it says, stand firm against the the devil's schemes. Now, that word scheme there, that translates into, you could say it like this, the the methods, the the methods of the evil one, his crafty ways. Remember that picture? You got a wild animal, hungry, out trying to get something. That's the devil's schemes. He's he's ready to devour. Question for you. Ask yourself this. What would you say are some of the devil's schemes in your own life? Think about the ways you're ten. Think about all of that. Now, in Ephesians, it's addressed many of them already. In Ephesians 4, it said, you know, one of the schemes of the devil is to break up unity. Break up unity in a church. Break up unity all over the place in your family. Brokenness in relationships. That's a way that, that's a scheme of the evil one. Is that happening in your life? It, it talked about we need to speak truthfully. So if, if, we, if we lie, that's a scheme of the evil one. It talked about anger. Like if we're hot-headed and we just we fly off the handle. That's a scheme of the evil one in our lives. It talks about immorality and greed. All things that Satan uses to pull away God's children. Look at me at verse 12. It keeps going. For our struggle, he kind of expounds on this now. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, uh, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Let me ask you a question. Do you ever feel like your greatest challenges in life, the, the, the hardest things for you, your biggest struggles are against another person? Like, like another person is the root of your trouble. Look at, look at the source of the struggle here. Our struggle, it says, is not against flesh and blood. It's not against a human. That's not the issue. It's, it's not the issue of he did that to me. It's not an issue of she keeps doing this. At the core, hear that, at the very core, it's, it's bigger than that. 
It's not a human deal at the core. Look at verse 13. Therefore, put on the full armor of God so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground and after you have done everything to stand. Now it says when the day of evil comes. Notice there, it doesn't say if. It's not like, hey, put this on your calendar and on that day, hide in your closet with a flashlight and a can of soup and you'll be golden. No, I, I wish it was that easy, don't you? But it's, it's not that. It's, it's, it's not if, it's when. It's when the days of evil come. It's when the moments of evil come. Oftentimes they come when you least expect them to come, don't they? What are we supposed to do to stand firm? That's what the Lord's asked us to do in battle. What are we supposed to do? He says, put on the full armor of God. Now remember that Paul is writing and, and he's under imprisonment. So think about this. I mean, the vivid picture of Paul. Paul, he's writing under imprisonment. He wrote Ephesians that way, Philippians, Colossians, Philemon. And imagine this. He's probably at, at times, maybe for months on end, chained to another soldier, chained to a soldier, a Roman soldier. And so he's looking at this, this whole garb that this soldier is wearing. This strong Roman soldier, and he connects it to the, and, and this would have been such a, a good connection for their culture. I mean, those people would have gotten, oh, what's a, oh, a Roman soldier? Armor of God? Oh, they would have connected it right away. But he's wanting us to understand that God's provision for us is a spiritual armor for ba- battle. And so he gives us five specific armor that we're supposed to put on. Now remember this over everything. Remember this. While the battle is raging, God has equipped us to stand firm. The armor, it's a symbol of God's divine tools, of his, um, of his way for us to, to combat. In 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 4, listen to this. It says, the weapons we fight with are not the weapons of this world. So not, not like what we would think of. On the contrary, it says they have divine power to demolish strongholds. You'll see that similar language. In their day, Roman soldiers would have done this. And just kind of get this image in your mind this morning. A Roman soldier, they would have lined up in a huge line if they were in battle. They would have dropped their four-foot shield on the ground, right? They would have been totally guarded. They would have been instructed, stand your line, right? Keep the line. It would have been intense as a battle to help us walk away with an image, particularly of the armor and the protection that God is wanting us to communicate with this. Mike Matan, who's a a police officer, is going to come on up and and he's going to help us kind of um, see this a little bit this morning. And, and here's why. I want us to be able to walk away this morning, and I want us to have a picture in my mind of exactly, as close as we can get to it at least, what would make sense to our culture. What was Paul describing? Because remember, the Apostle Paul, he is, he's chained to a Roman soldier more than likely. So he's seeing this. Remember, the battle is raging. But thanks be to God, we get to his word here, and we're going to see that God equips us He equips us to fight, to stand firm. Look at me at verse 14. Stand firm, then it says, with the belt of truth buckled around your waist and with the breastplate of righteousness in place. There it is again. Notice it says, stand firm. And then it says, with the the belt of truth buckled around your waist. Now, a belt for a soldier, this was a big deal. They had a tunic on and they would have tucked this tunic into into their belt. Now, not only that, but their belt would have held their breastplate on. And so if a, if a, if a soldier didn't have a, a belt on, the breastplate would be flopping all around while they're running. It also attached to their sword. They would not have gotten dressed without this belt. It was, it was huge. 
Now, just look at this belt for a sec. I mean, thing's heavy, Mike. <laughs> it's got some stuff attached to it, doesn't it? Don't worry, no firearms, we're good. It's heavy, right? Things attached, things fit in holes. It, it's got all sorts of helps, right? Here, here's the spiritual tie. Here it is. For the follower of Christ, the belt of truth, don't miss this, central, it is central to one's protection in battle. Why? Because the enemy would love to attack. And so ask yourself this question. It's the belt of truth. What does it represent? Here's the question you can ask. Are you surrounding yourself with biblical truth? You know, after we taught through Ephesians 5, there was this older man, he's probably in his 70s or 80s, he came up to me, and he just just talked, big guy, you know, he's talking passionately to me, and he said, I want you to know, young man, he said, my marriage changed when I started to memorize God's word. I said, wow, a good lesson. Here's what it is, here's what that man's done. He's saying, biblical truth, belt of truth, I put it on, It, it impacts me, it surrounds me. Is there anything you would say is influencing you more than the the word of God, than the voice of God? As a belt, it was crucial. It was crucial to them. Next, notice this. It says, I want you to put on what? I want you to put on the the breastplate of righteousness. Now, this vest that Mike's got is, I'll tell you what, this thing would take a lot of bullets. It is heavy, really heavy. I mean, imagine that. I mean, Mike's in battle. Wow, not a big deal. You know, he can take a bullet. The, 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 the armor that the, a soldier would have had, a Roman soldier in that day. Get this. It's heavy, Mike. Yeah. <laughs> Mike's going to be hot by the end of this, right? Now get this. A Roman soldier in that day, they wore, in essence, they would wear like a steel plate on their, on their chest. And, and it, was, it had leather over the top of it. Sometimes they even put like animal bones in it to, to tighten it up, to stiffen it up. Why? Protect vital organs. It's huge. Your Savior loves you enough to say, hey, here, you know what? Battle, battle's raging, but I'm going to equip you. I'm going to equip you to stand firm. Notice this, the, the breastplate of righteousness. Here's what that means. Now, when you come into a relationship with Jesus Christ, God's righteousness is given to you, right? It, it covers you. It's over the top of you. You go from being guilty before God to being a person that stands in his grace. You inherit the righteousness, get this, the righteousness of God. Second Corinthians chapter five, verse 21. God made him, get this, who had no sin to be sin for us so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. That standing before God, that, that should cause us to desire to do what? Breastplate of righteousness, to live righteously. And not to be self-righteous, not to be proud, but it's daily. It's saying things like this, breastplate of righteousness. It's saying, Hey, God's calling me to be a certain kind of man. I'm going to step it up and do that. It's saying, hey, God calls me to be a certain kind of woman. It's saying, hey, I'm a student in school. I'm going to be a standout. I'm going to be different. I put on righteousness. My actions will, they'll follow my faith in Jesus Christ. Remember, the battle is raging, but God has called us. He's equipped us to stand. Look at verse 15. He says, and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace now one historian described this piece of armor as he would say he said you know their shoes were thickly studded with sharp nails so that they could ensure grip so that they could march forward so that they could stand the line so that they could take ground you don't want to get kicked by mike's boots let me tell you right those things are reinforced right heavy leather 
with that image in, in, in your mind, know this, the feet of, uh, with the readiness, or you could say fitted with the preparedness that comes from the gospel of peace. Some would say it's referring to evangelism. That's what that's talking about, that you'd be ready to share your faith. Others, and I think I would, I would more agree with this interpretation of it, it's referring to, to what Romans 5.1 says, therefore, since we have been justified through faith, get this, we have peace with God, through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have gained access by faith into this grace in which we now stand. It's the reality that our souls are at peace with God. It gives the believer the ability, get this, to be engaged in battle, but also to have an assurance that, you know what, God is with me. I have peace. There's this overarching thing of, Life's crazy. I don't like what my son or my daughter, whatever it is. But there's this overarching thing of, of peace shielded in that way. Uh, my um, 15-month-old son last night, we put him back down to bed. His name's Easton. And, and uh, he started crying about an hour later. So I went in there and looked at him. And he's kind of, you know, he's kind of, he sits up. And, and then he, he's kind of in a daze, kind of in a confusion. It seems like he's really tired, you know. And uh, so then I found the binky, you know what I mean? The, the greatest invention on earth, the pacifier, right? And uh, so I put it in his mouth and he just, you know, fell to the, to the mattress. And so now he's got one arm up like this, one back, body sprawled out. Picture this. He's in his footy pajamas. It doesn't get any better than this, right? I tell you what, I looked at him and I thought, that's peace. I mean, that's a picture of peace. Things might be crazy, but this is the idea of in the midst of it all, you can have a sense of, of peace. You can be confident. Is God with me? You bet he is. Does he know what's going on? Yeah, he's totally not clueless. And this reality, what does it do? It brings peace. In chapter 8 of Romans, Paul said, if God is for us, who can be against us? Let's keep going. Look at verse 16. In addition to all of this, put on the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Now in their day, uh, the, the enemy would do this. The enemy would take a, a bow and arrow and they would wrap some sort of a cloth or something on it and then they would dip it in some sort of a, um, like a tar or some sort of a su- substance that would, uh, you know, flame up. And then they would light these bad daddies and they would shoot them. Imagine that, flaming arrows. Now, do you think a shield was crucial? You bet it was. And, and what they would do is this. They would take that leather shield, dip it in water before they would go into battle. A critical piece of armor. Get this. Not only is this shield really cool, Mike, actually, I like those lights. Not only would this thing take a lot, but all of the fabric that, that Mike is wearing, guess what it is? It's fireproof. Be fun to experiment together later. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Yeah. Think about that, though. It's fireproof. What are you supposed to do? You're supposed to put on the shield of faith. Why? Flaming arrows from the evil one are coming. And what does that shield of faith do for you? It, it extinguishes those arrows. It's this. It's the working out of your faith. It's meaning that my faith in God allows me to trust him. It's that I believe that God will do what he said he would do. If I rest in the, I can rest in the fact that God is merciful. He, he's loving. He's forgiving. He rewards those who earnestly seek him. He's got a plan for my life. It's a good plan. If I'm honest, I don't cut corners. If I don't do that, faith says God will reward. If I stay committed to be the kind of person that God wants me to be, pursue 
the things that God wants me to in relationships and all sorts of realms, says that God's going to bless that commitment. If I stand up for Christ, and even if I get mocked, it says that, you know what? You're right with God, and that's more important. It's this. This is huge. It's if I'm hurting. I mean, life is not going well. It's me saying, you know what? I believe, I trust that God, you are going to give me everything I need to get through. It's when Satan says, you know what? Your best days are over. Faith says, no, 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 no. That's not the case. God's future for me is bright. I'm I'm not finished. The text says that the shield of faith, what does it do? It extinguishes, it puts out the arrows of the enemy. Look at verse 17. Take then, it says, the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. The the helmet of salvation. Now, now you might ask, well, what is that? Now, this was one piece of armor that a soldier, there's no way they would have left home without. Absolutely, absolutely no way. A helmet could handle a blow. This helmet could handle a bullet. Putting on some more fireproof. I like it. Think about this for a second. This was crucial to a soldier. It's crucial to us spiritually. What is the helmet of salvation? We put on salvation. Here's what it is. As our promise of the ultimate victory that will come. It's true. We are saved from sin. We are right with God right now if you're a follower of Jesus Christ. If you've trusted in him by faith. But this is written to Christians. And so it's talking about that there's a future hope. There's an ultimate day when we're going to step, get this, into the presence of God. There will be no more relational tensions there will be no more financial tensions there will be no more don't miss this mourning or suffering the helmet of salvation says life might be tough but there is a great day coming know this we will be free not only of the power of sin but we'll be free from the presence of sin next it says the the sword of the spirit now this is offensive uh, this is going at it. This is going into battle now. In their day, oh, it's cool. It's starting to scare me, Mike. Now, in their day, here's what they would have done. It would have been like it would have been about this long. Actually, it would not have been like a would not have been like a long sword like on their hip or whatever. I mean, think about it. they got a big, they got a four foot shield. Would have been small, a dagger around the shield. Here's what here's what it's saying. The word of God. That's what that is. Here's the spiritual significance of it. It's his his word. And let me ask you a question first. Do you remember what Jesus did when Satan was tempting him in the desert? What did he do? He quoted the word of God. He quoted scripture. Ask yourself this question. How committed are you to the word of God? Do you study it? Do you long to know it better? Psalm 119 verse 24 says, I love this. Your statutes are my delight. They are my counselors. Now that's a good picture. I mean, that's free counseling. Every time you open this up, right? They're my counselors. If you've memorized God's word, you know this. It affects you. I can't tell you how many times in the last few weeks those words, husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church. They've come back into my mind. The sword of the spirit is offensive. So we don't get pushback. Uh, Paul closes out this letter and he, he repeats something five times. So don't miss this. Remember, the battle is raging. Remember that. But God has equipped us to stand firm. Verse, verse 18. And pray in the spirit on all occasions 
with all kinds of prayers and requests. And with this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. Pray also for me. It's like Paul's like, is this prayer request time? I got one, right? Pray also for me that whenever I speak, words may be given to me that I may fearlessly make known the mystery of the gospel. He's saying, I want to tell people about Christ for which I am an ambassador in chains. Pray that I might declare it fearlessly as I should. We see it five times. What do we do? Pray. Do what? Pray. Do what? Pray. Pray, 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 pray. Why? In all areas of life, at all times, you can approach God, know this, with anything at any time time and the apostle paul says you've got great armor but over all of this over all of this protection that makes this guy hugely sturdy right he's saying pray and what does prayer do it goes right back to the beginning remember it remember this it's the armor what it's the armor of god and and so we come to god it's not like hey you're good you're big and strong now you can do it no 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 armor of god don't miss that our very first and most important application of this text is this we run to the cross that's where it all starts it's the armor of god and so we cling to god we cling to his word let me ask you a question brookside are you ready for battle are you ready because here's the deal the battle is raging but god has equipped us out of his love out of his mercy and out of his grace and so this week what do we do we we cling to god's word we remind ourselves oh we're saved in christ and oh that's huge we remind ourselves of those realities you know you compare me with mike uh it's not looking good for me is it right (laughs) not at all right let's pray that we would be equipped for the battle because our savior loves us and in christ we can be equipped so let's let's pray to that end Heavenly Father, we come to you and uh, we just want to pray, Lord, that we would be equipped to stand firm. Lord, I pray for anyone in this room today that hasn't accepted Christ. They're in enemy territory even. I pray, Lord, that they would come to know you this morning, that those earlier words in Ephesians would pierce their hearts. So, Lord, we love you and we pray um, that this book, that your word would continue to impact our lives beyond this week even. We pray in Christ's name. Amen. Hey, let's stand up and we'll uh, we'll sing our last song.